Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Good morning. Just stand up for a minute just while I get myself organised. Just stretch your legs, shake your arms, say hello to someone near you. Well, we have had a great week. And as we were saying, Holy Spirit is stirring and moving. And my testimony was that I had a finger that I could not bend. Now, that's, that's pretty inconvenient. It's a little finger, but it's jolly inconvenient when you can't bend it. Um, it restricts what you're able to do. It was quite painful. And there it is. That happened the other night. So praise God. That was a word of knowledge. And I thank God that he cares about everything right down to our little finger. How good is God? He is good. So yeah, Holy Spirit's definitely stirring, definitely moving. And as we said last week, the invitation is for us to respond to him, respond to what he's doing, respond corporately, respond what he's doing in our midst individually, what he's doing in our midst together. And if you can get along to one of those meetings, I was along to one of them last week and they're just a place where you can press into God. And, and we come with the heart of pressing into God, to worship God, to press in, to see what is it that God wants to do. And that's the heart that we come together with, a heart to say, God, we're all coming together for this region. And it's an amazing thing. God is doing this, and I've been across a little bit of it, and uh, God is doing this, and he's actually bringing um, unity in the churches in the region for the one single purpose. And that one single purpose is to see God move, to see God glorified, to see him lifted up above our community. So I know there were people here also um, at one or two of the meetings last week and uh, we're not sort of building up the meeting as being the, the purpose or whatever might happen. It's all about God. So it's all about coming to worship God, coming to lay ourselves before him, to lay our lives open before him and say, God, what is it that you want? We are ready for you, for whatever it is you want to do. So it's all about us laying ourselves down before him and seeing, as Pastor Matt and Ada said there, what does God want to do? Well, we know God. We know he wants people to be saved. We know he wants people to be healed. We know he wants people to be set free. We I know that he wants to, to break out in the community. And uh, sometimes from some of these, out into the community. And uh, that's what we want to see as well. So we want to see God moving in that way, but flowing out. So it's not us coming along and saying selfishly, this is what I want from God. No, it's not. It's, it's God, what do you want to do? Where can I partner with you? And that's important. Prayer, worship and praise is really important. So... As we said, Holy Spirit is moving and uh, let's be ready to respond to him. So I just want to talk about Holy Spirit for a minute. Holy Spirit loves Jesus. Holy Spirit loves Jesus. Holy Spirit 
will always point us to Jesus. That's why, that's why he's here. He will always point us to Jesus. And it's Holy Spirit who softens our heart towards Jesus. And there we are, the message this morning, fully awake and fully prepared, part two. Are you fully awake this morning? Yes? Are you fully prepared this morning? I'm going to ask the question again. Are you fully prepared to meet Jesus? Okay. That's what this is about. And the word for this morning is this. Don't put off until tomorrow what God is asking you to do today. Don't put off until tomorrow what God is asking you to do today. And here is why. So Holy Spirit um, is working here. He is softening our hearts or wanting to soften our hearts for Jesus. And it's our response that matters. It's our response to him. It's our response to his touch, to his stirrings and his stirring in the atmosphere. And look, I could feel that during worship. Can anyone else feel that? There's a stirring in the atmosphere in worship this morning. Yes, there was. And uh, look, we, we have the opportunity to respond to that stirring, to recognise that stirring and to say, yes, Lord, I'm, I'm with you. Yes, Lord, I'm worshipping you. Yes, Lord, I'm going to open my life to you, open my heart to you. When we open up our hands like this, this is a posture of opening up ourselves. When we lift up our hands, when we open them up, we are making ourselves vulnerable. And we're making ourselves vulnerable before the Lord. So when we're worshipping the Lord, we make ourselves completely vulnerable before him. There's no fear in worshipping God. There is no fear in being vulnerable before the Lord because he's going to meet you in a place of love. He's going to meet you in a place of tenderness. He's going to meet you in a place of revelation where he shows himself to you. And I feel that there's more, you know, God wants to reveal himself in a deeper way, in a greater way, because there's things that get in our minds and in our hearts that cause blockages. And he wants to unblock this morning, I feel. So who's ready to be unblocked? All right, that's good. So for some time now, we've been looking at personal discipleship and we've been looking at paying attention as to how personal discipleship leads to personal revival because it's personal revival that matters. So we could be in a meeting that's fully charged with God, things happening all around us and remain untouched in our hearts. Being in the atmosphere and being in the place is not enough. Our hearts need to be open and we need to allow God to touch our hearts. And that's what he's encouraging us to do. And uh, when our hearts are touched by the Lord, that's when healing happens. That's when all sorts of things in our lives. And uh, I'd encourage you this morning always to be open to the Lord when there's an opportunity for him to touch. So I'm just going to pray. Father, this morning I pray that your voice would be heard, that your voice would be heard in our midst, that you would unlock and unblock through the power of Jesus those things in our hearts that have been locked up. And Lord, I ask that you would unlock those this morning. Lord, remove blockages this morning that Jesus could be seen, that his love could flow, that the Holy Spirit can strengthen. And uh, Lord, we thank you for that because that's what he wants to do, I feel. Even as I speak this morning, I feel that. So we're going to continue and we're going to finish the message from last week, fully awake and fully prepared. And we started to talk about Jesus returning at the appointed time and the fact that we do not know when time is, but we do know that it could be at any time now. And uh, the question that we're asking is, are we ready for that? Are we ready to see him return? Are we ready to see him face to face?
Also, we don't know how long we're going to be on this earth for. So the question is still the same. Are we ready to meet him face to face? And that's the question we've been asking. And the answer, you are ready. You are ready because you have everything that God has given to you. You are ready. I'm going to put that to you this morning. Don't get into a, a place of doubt or condemnation over this. You belong to Jesus. You are his. You are ready to meet him. And that's what he wants you to see this morning. He wants you to get into your heart this morning, that you have everything. You have Jesus with you. You are ready. Should it, should it happen now, you're ready because you belong to him. Okay. So Jesus wants us to be looking to him and for him in every day of our lives. To him and for him. We said that last week. Now, now we may not like to think about this because we're too busy trying to get things done and we just don't think about it. We need to hold everything lightly because time is not in our hands, it's in the hands of Father. So we need to hold everything lightly that we have in this life. In other words, in serving the Lord, we're stewards of his work. We're not owners of his work, we're stewards of his work. It belongs to him. And sometimes we can be holding some of these things so tightly that that starts to consume us and God doesn't want us to be consumed by those things. He wants us to hold it lightly. And as I said, the word for this morning is this, don't put off until tomorrow what God is asking you to do today. Now, has anyone ever locked themselves out of their own house besides Emily? <laughs> okay, I'm not alone. <laughs> All right, let me share this story. <laughs> I actually did that um, late last year. And I won't tell you how I did it because that would take too long. <laughs> it's a long story, except that I was outside because I had uh, people working outside around the house. And anyway, the long and the short of it was I closed my carport door thinking that I'd left my front door open and I hadn't. So the door's coming down and I'm standing there thinking, uh-oh, I remember I went and closed that and there wasn't a thing I could do about it. I just had to stand there. So what do you do? It was a cold morning. It was late last year, but it's in one of those mornings when, <laughs> when there's a lot of dampness in the atmosphere and it sort of falls as misty rain. It was that sort of morning. Thankfully, I had a jacket on, which was good. So I thought, all right, what do I do now? So there was only one answer, really. And I thought, I need a locksmith. Now, I have family who have keys who don't live too far away, but I didn't have my phone, did I? And I don't have their phone numbers up here, do I, like most of us? Mobile phone numbers are very hard to remember if you're not using them frequently. So there I was, no phone, no ID, nothing whatsoever. And um, my, as it turned out, my sister was due to come down about an hour later. So I thought, well, I could wait for her, but then she'd have to go back home again, get the spare keys, come back again. I thought, no. I need a locksmith. So I started to um, knock on my neighbours' doors to see who was home. I have lovely neighbours, I might say. They're so good. So I found one who was home who was so kind and she took me inside where it was warm. She allowed me to use her phone because I called a locksmith and um, she looked after me during that time. She was so kind. When the locksmith came, I said to the locksmith, how, how, is this the first call you've had this morning? And he said, no, you're the third. And this was 10 o'clock in the morning. And I said, does this happen often? He said, yes, I do about seven calls a day. <laughs> so we're not alone when we're locked out. But that, that made me think. 
because here I was, it was actually my security door that was locked, my front door was open. So I could stand on my doorstep, I could look inside my house through the security door, but I couldn't go in. And inside it was lovely, it was warm, comfortable, everything I needed was in there, and I was outside in the cold. But that got me thinking, this is what it started me thinking about. I thought, you know what, that reminded me of what it would be like to be locked out of God's kingdom and not be able to go in. I thought about that a lot after that incident. Standing on the doorstep, looking in, knowing that everything that I needed was inside, warmth, everything outside was cold, and I thought, what would that be like to be locked out of God's kingdom and not be able to go in? And that's what this parable is about that we've been talking about, the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. That really um, was a deep, I wouldn't say revelation, but it really made me think, think very hard about what that is. And the kingdom of God is so close. For those who don't yet know the Lord, those who haven't yet accepted him and uh, become part of his kingdom, it's, it's that close. It's right next door. It's right here. And yet we haven't stepped over that threshold. And there'll be an invitation this morning to do that. So no one knows how much time we have on this earth. And when Jesus returns, our life on earth ends, and it's simply too late if we've not accepted Jesus. If he returns at any moment, which he could do, it's simply too late. That's why this is such a today word, such an important word. I wanted to say the word of God, before we open it up, is holy. The word of God is holy. The word of God is anointed. The word of God is not to be messed with. The word of God is to be received with the honour of God who wrote that word. Very important. So last week we looked at the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. And I won't read it again, but I'll simply paraphrase it. It's amongst a number of the parables of the kingdom that Jesus spoke to us about because he wants us to understand the kingdom. He wants to understand how the kingdom works because it is so contrary to the way the world works and the way our natural mind works. So as we said last week, Jesus spoke to his disciples on the Mount of Olives and he showed us what the kingdom looks like if we have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. We need the eyes to see of the Spirit, the ears to hear through the Spirit what the kingdom of God looks like. So the wise and foolish virgins, wise, as we said last week, when Jesus spoke about this, the word wise means those who are thinking ahead. It means those who are thoughtful, they're cautious. So living thoughtfully, living carefully, that's what Jesus is saying. Whereas the foolish virgins, the word fool, foolish, meant to be heedless or reckless and not thinking ahead. And he was saying simply this, there's two paths here. When we think ahead, there is an end to each path. And as we said last week, which path are we on? So the path of the wise, when Jesus comes, come in, come in, come in. The path of the foolish, Jesus said, I never knew you. And as we said last week, that's, that's a significant thing for Jesus to say. So we'll talk a bit more about that this morning. So Jesus used the setting of the Jewish wedding to show us that we're the bride, he's the bridegroom who is returning for his bride, the church. Jesus is returning for his bride, the church. He is returning for us. He will come back. He is coming back. Now the bride would go and prepare herself for the wedding while the groom went away and prepared a place for the bride. 
So the virgins were the bridal party who went out to meet the groom. And as we heard last week, and as we know in the word, the, bride, the bridal party, the virgins, had lamps. And the wise ones had oil in their lamps. They had brought spare oil with them. The ones who were foolish didn't think about that, and they ran out of oil while they were waiting for the bridegroom to come. Jesus is talking about our heart. And as we said last week, our heart on fire for him, our heart being fully committed to him, not running out of oil, not cold when he comes back. That's what he's talking about. So why did he talk about it? What problem is Jesus addressing and what does this say to us today? They're the questions we asked last week. Well, Jesus spoke about it because he's revealing the kingdom, spoke about it so we can be prepared to meet him, spoke about it so that we can see that how we live our lives each day matters. That's important. How we live each day in our lives takes us down one path or the other, and it's important. What problem is Jesus addressing? Well, he's addressing the unfaithfulness of those who fall away. He's looking for faithful disciples, faithful right up to the end. And I know I'm speaking to faithful people here this morning. His problem he's addressing is the carelessness of those who fall away or the recklessness in stewarding all that Jesus has given his very life to give to us. This is important. Jesus has given his very life that we would have everything, that we would have everything we need. He held nothing back from us. He wants us to be good stewards of what he has given us, not be careless about what he's given us, not be reckless in how we live our lives, given that he has laid his life down for us. So Jesus looks at our heart and he's looking for faithful disciples who live their lives for him right up to the very end. But... This is where we finished last week. We'll pick up from here. Discipleship without the activation of the Spirit cannot sustain the oil that the heart needs. Discipleship without the activation of the Spirit cannot sustain the oil that the heart needs. Now, we'll unpack this a little bit. In uh, Ephesians 5, 15 to 16, Paul was speaking about living wisely. He had a bit to say as well. And he said, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. What he's talking about here is circumspectly means paying attention to our lives. Wise means wise, fools means unwise in this. So redeeming the times as the days are evil means using our time well, using it wisely. Then he says, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, which is a hangover, but be filled with the Spirit. So if I can paraphrase this, this is what he's saying. Live wisely, paying attention to your life. Use your time wisely. Search out the will of God and be filled with the Spirit. We can say that almost in one sentence, what Paul's saying. Live wisely, pay attention to your life. Use your time wisely. Search out the will of God and be filled with the Spirit. How are we filled with the Spirit? Through prayer, through praise, through worship, through the Word. That's how we're filled with the Spirit. Prayer, praise, worship, Word. Using our prayer language, all of those things. Activating the Spirit in our lives. A wise person cultivates the presence of the Spirit in our lives. A wise person does that. So let's have a look at the foolish. This shows us what can happen in the waiting for Jesus. So all slumbered and slept, all got tired, all went to sleep, all grew tired in the waiting and then the bride 
bridegroom came suddenly. God is a God of suddenlies. God can move suddenly. Jesus can come suddenly. God can move in your life suddenly. Things happen around our lives suddenly, don't they? That things happen that we haven't anticipated. We've all gone through that. The suddenlies in our lives happen. So when the bridegroom returned suddenly, the foolish virgins were left in darkness as they'd run out of oil. Now, what did they do? They turned to the wise and asked them for some oil. <laughs> I saw that last week. I've run out of oil. Can you give me some of yours? And we know what the wise virgins said. They said, no, <laughs> no, you can't have some of mine. So what happened is the, the ones who'd run out went to buy some oil. Bridegroom came. It was too late. Too late. Lord, I pray for all of those, Lord, who are in that place, Lord. Lord, that um, you would continue to stir up your spirit, Lord. Lord, that you would touch hearts, Lord. Lord, that uh, we would be ready for Jesus, the bridegroom. Lord, that we would see ourselves as his church who is coming to return. Amen. See, what it shows us is what, what Jesus is really showing us here is that we can't give spiritual readiness to another person. We can't do that. Nor can you receive that from another person. It has to be a committed relationship to Jesus. It's the only way. It's the only way. So we each need to live our lives sold out to Jesus, which is one of our core values. It's also we are responsible to watch over our own lives. And as we said last week, this is best done in community together because we help each other. We help each other, we encourage each other. This is the way Jesus intended us to live. But at the same time, we're each individually responsible for our own lives. We can't just rely enough on the benefit of being in community. We have to have a personal relationship with Jesus. So what else can we learn? The foolish can represent people who are careless about their lives and careless about the lives of others. Jesus cares about our relationships with others. So it's not just about us, it's about us and our relationship with other people. So carelessness can extend to that. And Jesus will hold us to account, not only for our own lives, but how we handle the lives of others. It can represent those who begin their lives with the Spirit of God, but revert to the life of the soul alone. It can be those who forget that he's coming again. I think Holy Spirit is stirring us up for a reason. Every generation has had the expectation of Jesus coming again. And I think there's a reason for that. For Century Church thought it was going to, Jesus was going to come in their time. Every generation has felt the same thing. But there's a reason for it, I believe, that Holy Spirit stirs up every generation is so that we keep our eyes on Jesus, so we keep our eyes on those paths and we keep our eyes on the direction that those paths show us. I believe there's a reason for that. And Paul has something to say about this as well. Can those who forget he's coming again and can assume that there's plenty of time before the need to face him? and grow careless and allow their faith to be weakened, can also represent those who live in the presumption of their own goodness. We just lose sight of Jesus. Mm. Can represent those who say they'll deal with issues in their lives tomorrow, habitual putting off, habitual. I don't need to deal with it now, I'll do it tomorrow. It can be a habit of putting things off. Can represent those who fall into the trap of presuming they don't really need to deal with things and it's really not important can represent those off-guard moments, those moments when we allow things into our lives that should not be there. And look, we all have those moments, but we have Holy Spirit to quicken us. 
when we allow things into our lives that should not be there, when the enemy comes against us and we fail to deal with him. They can represent the times when we become distracted and waste our time. And you can all think of things for yourselves that can be distracting, and I have them too. And uh, we need Holy Spirit to remind us, hey, this is wasting your time. There's something else you could be doing here. Now, the enemy tries to take us off our path. He wants us to become distracted. He wants us to take our eyes off Jesus. And he wants to steal from us the hope that we have in Jesus. We'll talk about that later. But I'm going to share a quick testimony with you in just uh, while we're at this point. About 12 months ago, I started to become very unwell and I uh, wasn't quite sure what was going on for quite a while. But in that time, uh, there were a number of medical tests that were done and uh, praise God, I'm doing really well now. But I just did not know what was happening. And uh, once, sometimes when you're in that place, this is where the enemy can come and visit you and come and whisper in your ear. And uh, I remember distinctly, I thought, right, I need to press into the word of God here because I know the word of God and we'll come back to that in a moment. But the word of God is truth. And for each of you, have scriptures, parts of the Bible that are meaningful to you. I encourage you to uh, find some that are meaningful for you. This is the one that's meaningful for me. I've written it out on this card. When I was feeling so unwell, I thought, right, this is Isaiah 40, 28 to 30. I thought, Lord, you have done this before. You will do this again. This is what it says. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. I thought, thank you, Lord. I was very weak at that stage. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. There's his promise. There's his promise. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. That is the word of the Lord. Now, as I was preparing during that season last year to come in for a meeting, yeah, that is the word of the Lord. The enemy came to me. I was getting ready at home, whispered in my ear. He said, this is the day you're going to go home to Jesus. And I thought, that is not the voice of Holy Spirit. I know you. So I bound that voice. But in our weakness, I'm being transparent here, in our weaknesses and in our vulnerability, he will come and try and whisper things to you that take you off course. And we have the word of God, our sword, all the time that we speak back. So praise God. A year ago, I didn't think I'd be standing here a year later. So praise God. So remember, one reckless decision can change the course of a person's life from the path of the wise to the path of the foolish. Why? Because our belief systems determine our decisions and we all develop underlying belief systems. We don't realise it, but we do. They're underlying belief systems in our subconscious and we need God to shine his light on that, shine his word on those things every day. I think that if we go back to that story of being locked out of my house, I believe that there are people here who have felt locked out Locked out in relationships, locked out in relationship with God, locked out of destiny, 
locked out of many things. And I feel that the Lord is saying he is unlocking right now in Jesus' name. So let's just respond to him. I feel him saying that right now. Lord, I thank you that you are unlocking what the enemy has locked. Lord, what has been locked up, Lord, thank you that you are unlocking it right now. Jesus, you are the master locksmith. So Lord, unlock those areas, Lord, where people have felt locked out locked out of your promises because that's a lie of the enemy, locked out of your provision because that is a lie of the enemy, locked out of relationships, Lord, locked out of all of those things, Jesus, that you you died for. So, Lord, we speak the truth right now in Jesus' name. Jesus, you unlocked it on the cross at Calvary. What you did then, you continue to do. So unlock right now, Lord, those things, Lord, where people have felt locked, Lord, I can, almost, I can almost hear combination lock, unlocking right now. Thank you, Lord, the unlocking in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's good. He's good. He's good. Anyone else have pain in their finger, just as a matter of interest? Anyone else have? You do too. Ah, all right. Yes, okay. All right, there's Norma. Yeah. How about we just, I'm going to go with Holy Spirit right now. We might get the message finished. We'll see. Little one, okay. Could a couple of people gather around Norma and over here? Yep. Hello, good to see you. <laughs> we just want to pray. Come on, let's, let's activate this right now. Holy Spirit wants to move, so I'm going to go with Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let's just pray. Lay your hands on them. We thank you, Jesus, that what you did for one, you will do for all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pain go in Jesus' name. Unlock. Fingers. <laughs> That's interesting. My finger was actually locked. It used to lock up. So something about locks this morning. Unlock in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, try and move it and let me know. Is it any better? Not yet? Yes? A little bit better? Yeah, good. Pain gone? Praise God. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He is the master locksmith. Yay. Yes, Jesus. All right. So there's no other pathway than the pathway that the Word shows us. The Word is our guide, the lamp that shows us the truth and the light that guides the way and keeps us on track. Jesus is the living Word in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Without the Word to guide us, we can stumble when we get into the unknown. It's like when the lights suddenly go out in our lives, we're in a blackout because we have no idea what's going on. That's what happened to me. It was like being in a blackout. What on earth is this? But the Word is our guide. The Word is our guide. I used to ski when I was in my 20s, believe it or not, a long time ago now. And uh, the best skiing was actually in a blizzard. And I can remember being on top of Mount Hotham, I think it was, uh, with friends. I wasn't skiing on my own out in a blizzard. But um, we used to call it a whiteout because you just couldn't see. I mean, it was thick. It wasn't like fog. It was really, really whiteout. And the only way you could find yourself from one ski trail, get yourself from one ski trail to another, was to follow the markers because there were markers on top of the mountain in the blizzard. And you could barely see one marker, barely see the next. And because we were skiing uh, behind each other, we're able to follow the person in front. The word's like that. When you're in a whiteout and things are fuzzy 
and just not clear. The Word will bring clarity into your life. Search it out. Really important. The Word of God contains our markers. So I'd encourage you to find some scriptures that are personally important to you. The one I shared with you from Isaiah is one that's personally important to me. If you don't have them, find them, search them out. Those ones that are important to you because they are your guidelines. I've got a few now that I've collected, if you like, collected. That's not the right word, but uh, through life and walking. Yes, I'm going back on again. A few scriptures that I have that I turn to and that's one of them. I already had that and I thought, Lord, you've done that. Already you'll do it again. I encourage you to find three. Find three that are going to be guidelines for your life. Thank you, Kelly. We'll keep this in reserve. Yeah, good idea. Thank you. Okay. So does a wise person seek wisdom from God? Yes. Okay, here's a promise, James 1.5. It's a great promise. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. God will not hold his wisdom back from anyone. He will not hold anything back that you ask for him according to his word. So the word here is referring to spiritual wisdom, and this is where prayer is so important. And in prayer, we can ask God, am I on the right path? In the decisions that we make seemingly Big or small, we can say, am I following Jesus here? Okay, we're going to start landing on this next point. The waiting. So here we are, we're in the waiting, the time of waiting, the period of waiting. At the same time, while we need to be ready for Jesus, we also need to be prepared to wait. And while we're prepared to wait, we need to be about what he's called us to do. And that's the tension that a wise person understands. And in the waiting, we face challenges. We can't afford to live in complacency because, as I said, we have an adversary who wants to steal our hope. So let's have a look at Romans 5, 3 to 5. Paul says this, And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint. Listen to this. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So the love of God poured out in our hearts by Holy Spirit. The hope that Paul is speaking about in this passage is the hope of the return of Jesus. That's what Paul is talking about. What he is saying to us is we need to be aware that that hope is what God intends us to live with. The hope, the ultimate hope that we have is the return of Jesus who will put everything right. That ultimate hope helps us through trials, tribulations, setbacks, disappointments, all of those things. We are the most blessed people because of the hope that we have and the hope that we live with. And as, as Paul is saying, hope does not disappoint. Jesus will not disappoint you. When he comes, you will have your reward. And that's different for everyone. So keep your hope in Jesus alone. I'm going to skip through some things now. Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5 said, God did not appoint us to wrath but to attain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us. Yeah. That whether we wake or whether we sleep, we should live together with him. Yeah. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you are doing. 
Jesus wants us to make it a habit of living in readiness for him to come. Can I ask you to consider these questions? Am I a faithful disciple? And what does that look like? Is there anything that needs to change? Because faithfulness is a matter of the heart. Holy Spirit will always flame, fan the flames of revival in our heart. Holy Spirit will always touch our hearts. As I was praying last night, I saw about today, I saw Jesus walking amongst us, touching us. And he held a lamp and I thought, why is the Lord holding a lamp? But of course the lamp is the Holy Spirit. So thank you, Jesus, that you've touched us this morning, that you're continuing to touch us. Thank you, Lord, that you would touch our hearts, Lord. You would soften our hearts, Lord, because our hearts become hardened at times because of life experiences. And there's one final answer, and that's this. Some of you may be thinking, okay, we've talked about a pathway, we've talked about our life, we've talked about conditions on the earth when Jesus comes, but what about the thief on the cross? What about him? who at the very last breath in his life confessed faith in Jesus. God is merciful and there is grace and mercy at this time before he comes for us to accept Jesus. I'll share a story very quickly with you. I spent probably the better part of 10 years now um, working in my own time for a few hours a week as a hospital chaplain and COVID put an end to that. But... During those years, there were many times where I saw God move, but this one came to mind, this one in particular. I was, I was working with a large Melbourne hospital. I was called in one night to the intensive care unit to be with a family who had had to make a decision to turn off life support for a young woman. So I was called in because this young woman, I think was an overseas student, and there was one family member with her and several friends. Her friends were Christians, they knew Jesus, and they were so concerned about her eternal future. So that's why I was called in. So I went in there and I'd been in there many times before and spent some time with the family and, and at the right opportunity, this young woman was on life support, totally unconscious. But we prayed and then I, then I prayed and I remember this, there was one tear that came down that young woman's cheek and I thought, God, you have touched her. Even in that last hour of her life, in that last hour of her life. So there is time. While there is time, I'm going to make an opportunity. I'm going to invite you all to say with me right now. We're going to pray the prayer to accept Jesus. Now is the day, now is the time. There may not be a tomorrow and that's the truth of it. We don't know. So could you say with me, I'm just going to lead a prayer. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and you came to earth as a man. Lord, I turn away from my past. I'm sorry for my sin. And Jesus, I choose right now to accept you as Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus. 
I've said many times that's the most important prayer that you will pray. And if, if that's you, that might be someone online, there might be someone in the room, let someone know. Because now is the time, it's a now word. So we're going to close our online service now. We're online, and I'd like those in the room just to stay with me. Have a great week. You can uh, connect with us on any of our social media, and uh, we will see you at one of our meetings during the week. There's a lot going on during the week, and uh, we look forward to see what God is going to do. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your savior, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you, and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org, and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details, and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected. We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.